tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. champion man we going in our nba loud 2004 vibes for the basketball season oh man you know, you know what time it is i've done football all right i'll try football i think i'm doing pretty good if i say so myself but it's my time now okay it's my season now all right it's gonna be the craziest nba season ever and i hope y'all are ready for it and preseason's here I know if y'all ready for this, man. We got so much to talk about. As you can tell, I'm super excited, man. Let's go on a big Ariel. Ariel, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I see you're doing even better. It's about to be basketball season for you. You have to thrive right now. It is basketball season. Basketball season never left. <laughs> it never left because Ben Simmons has taken no like Ben Simmons like catching interceptions at this point. Cause they can't stop talking about Ben Simmons boy. <laughs> Ben Simmons has been everywhere, but I'm glad that you're happy. You know, I'm still in football season, but of course we got preseason for the NBA going on right now. The regular season about to start. Super excited for that. But we're going to go ahead and kind of get into our game. Starting on Sunday, we have the Lakers versus the Nets. The Nets winning 123 to 97. And then on Monday, some really good games. The Magic versus the Celtics. Celtics winning 98 to 97. The Heat's playing the Hawks on Monday night, losing the Hawks 99 to 125. Trey Young suffering a white quad contusion. What a tongue twister, but that is definitely hurting the Hawks with regular season coming up. The Thunder versus the Hornets. The Hornets running 113 to 97. The 76ers versus the Raptors. 123-107. The Pelicans versus the Timberwolves, 117-114. Jazz versus the Spurs. Spurs winning one. 11 to 85 the suns versus the kings the warriors coming in also breaking records winning against the trailblazers 104 to 121 the record that the warriors broke was scoring 69 threes randall 69 threes in preseason without clay and you know clay was out with that injury he had his surgeries it was kind of you know kind of going back and forth if he was going to play if he's going to be able to play or be back in time and so now he is back. And also another good news, Andrew Wiggins being vaccinated, who was also a key player for the Warriors. Also, we had the Nuggets versus the Clippers. The Clippers winning 103-102. to What a one-point game. Then for tonight at 8 o'clock, we got the Cavaliers versus the Bulls, the Wizards versus the Rockets, and the reigning champs, the Bucks versus the Grizzlies. And at 7.30, the Pacers versus the Knicks. A lot of preseason basketball going on, Randall. I know you are happy, but we're going to have to get into the talk that's been going on since this summer and still now Ben Simmons and the 76ers. A lot of rumors, but I need you to break it down for me. What is going on? Yes, I definitely would be happy to. Um, I would happy. I'll be happy for the situation to be over. So Ben Simmons has been unhappy with the 76ers for, I would say a few years. It goes back to Brett Brown. Um, when you had Jimmy Butler, that got traded to the 76ers from the Timberwolves. 
it was a lot of dissension because Jimmy Butler is a very ball-dominant player. Ben Simmons lives with the ball. He can't shoot. It's just the truth. He's an amazing defender, amazing playmaker. Can't shoot three free throws. Can't shoot outside about two feet, to be 100% honest with you. So you have Jimmy Butler, who's ball-dominant. And it was a really great team. They were a Kawhi Leonard bounce away from, I think, winning that game seven, going against Giannis and beating them, and possibly beating the underman, you know, Warriors. I think that the 76ers could have won the championship that year. So, of course, that summer happens. Jimmy Butler leaves and goes to the Heat. They bring in Al Horford. They're trying to appease Ben Simmons. Brett Brown was on his last leg for real. It didn't work out. They, they, they go to the bubble and everything like that, and it doesn't pan out. Ben Simmons gets injured. Brett Brown gets the boot. Doc Rivers comes in. Daryl Morey goes to the 76ers, which was a very interesting pickup because Daryl Morey was the architect of those Rockets teams that were like the only teams that could really compete with the Warriors. So I was very interested to see how that would work out. Then Ben Simmons early last year, he was dangled as trade bait for James Harden. Like before James Harden went to the Nets, James Harden, it was talks about him going to the 76ers, which would have been an amazing pairing, but Ben Simmons would have had to go. He would have been the key asset, but it just didn't happen because the Rockets did not want to deal with Daryl Morey. So, of course, he gets shipped to Brooklyn. You have another super team. So, Ben had that in his mind for him. Man, he was packing up. He's ready to go. They still had a great season. Ben Simmons, like, played great. He had games without uh, Joel Embiid. He turned up against the Jazz. He had an amazing game, I believe, in mid-January. And they go into the playoffs. They're the favorites. We're thinking that it's going to come down to the 76ers and the Nets for the NBA Finals. They cruise through the first round. Then... They play the Hawks, which I had a feeling. I was like, game one, I'm like, I think the Hawks going to win this. I honestly really thought, I, was, I, think, I was thinking Hawks in seven. But I was like, I don't know, because I doubt Joel Embiid is going to let that happen, and Ben Simmons is going to lock down Trey Young. But you could tell the dysfunction that was on that team from the Hawks, like Hawks series, because Trey Young, he wasn't that explosive game seven. But Trey Young was having his way. The Hawks had a deep, diverse team. They had bigs to throw at, you know, they had bigs to throw at Joel Embiid. And Ben Simmons would just not, he just would not shoot the ball in the fourth quarter. So you get to game seven. Trey Young is at the basket. Ben Simmons is six foot 10. 2K has him at six foot 11. All right, gave him an extra inch. All right. He's not a seven footer, but 2K gave him an extra inch. All right. And he goes up. He in the air. He see Trey Young, who by my height. All right, and he's like, it's like an elephant seeing a mouse. He just threw the ball to, to, to Matisse Thibel, and everybody saw that. That's the image that's been plastered around the media, and the 76ers lost a game seven in their house, multiple years of coming up short in the second round. But Ben Simmons is like, I want to go. So Ben Simmons, because of all of that, he now wants to get traded. And he has been so unresponsive. He stopped responding to phone calls. He's speaking through his agents. You have, you know, Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers trying to trying to put it back together. Joel Embiid was trying to ride for him. But now Ben Simmons is even dissing Joel Embiid, saying that his time playing with Joel Embiid has run his course. So it is a messy situation. It has drugged on for months, literally, even until the NFL season. And... I don't see where it stops because it looks like Ben Simmons is not going to play for the 76ers this year. 
and he's going to lose a considerable amount of money until he's traded. But Ben Simmons' trade value is super low right now, and Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, a lot of the attractive pieces that you would want to package Ben Simmons for, they're not available. So we're trying to see what happened. Is Ben Simmons going to stay on the bench the whole entire season, or is he going to play? I don't think he plays. I think we're going to see something that is going to shape NBA history and is going to cause another lockout because the owners are not going to stand for this at all. Now, you saying this, and, you know, it kind of brings up, not to bring some football in here, you know, the situation where Aaron Rodgers, even though Ben Simmons is not like Aaron Rodgers, he's a big shot, but he's not as big as, you know, losing your quarterback. If he wants to go anywhere else, potentially, or if they do decide to trade him to whoever we're going to get to that, do you think that affects, like, what's going on now with his other teammates or other teams or other people that are looking at him because he doesn't want to stay there? But how he's handling the situation, why would you want to deal with that? I think that it is a strategy that Rich Paul and the Clutch Sports crew in collaboration with Ben Simmons is trying to pull off that just simply isn't working because I think that how this whole entire situation is playing out is hurting his stock because you have John Wall who's going through a similar situation, but the Rockets and John Wall agreed he's not going to play again. Like They're going to find a trade party. They're going to work together and figure it out. Ben Simmons has made this a big old thing and he's trying to spin the narrative. He's trying to make it like he didn't pass up the ball when Trey Young was on him. He had a clear layup. He was afraid to get fouled. He made a mistake. We all do. He's human. And yes, this has happened repeatedly, but Ben Simmons is signed for another four years. He's young. He's like 25. He's young. Joel Embiid is young. Like, they have a nice core. They have some great players, some great pieces, and they always play it against, against the Nets very well. And the Nets, outside of adding, you know, um, Patty Mills and then getting LaMarcus Aldridge back, they're pretty much the same team. And then you don't know with, with Kyrie and his, and his COVID vaccination situation, with James Harden and injuries, Kevin Durant and possibly injuries, you don't know how that team's going to look going into the playoffs. And then the Bucs, they lost, they lost P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker was a great defender of scoring wings. So I would personally believe that the Bucs outside, they got Grayson Allen, but I don't think Grayson Allen is nowhere near P.J. Tucker as far as defensive intensity. So, and also just the size he has, the size he has to body up a Kevin Durant and sort of push him around and, and, and slug on him to make him tie, tire out. So I think the 76ers, as constructed if Ben Simmons were to come back, they very well could contend for the NBA championship. I honestly believe that. But he's going about it wrong because Ben Simmons, it's your fault. You don't shoot. You didn't practice your jump shot. You're reluctant to shoot. You're filming all these videos with your form, perfect. You switching 10 shots in a row like you Clay Thompson. Why don't you do that in real life? Why? Like, I am more prone to make a three-pointer with Ben Simmons in 2K with that new shot stick than, I, than he is in real life. All right? I'm not a hooper. All right? I'm going to play 2K. Like, what, what's going on? I'm just, I'm sick and tired of this. And I was a big Ben Simmons supporter even coming out of LSU. I was one of the folks that was saying that he's LeBron James 2.0. Like he's LeBron James with a different skill set. Like he's sort of like a pure point guard. Like LeBron, he's a passer and a playmaker, but LeBron can score. Ben Simmons literally didn't have that score first mentality, but Ben Simmons was quick, was athletic, was a beast on defense from the jump. If he had a jumper, I agree with Stephen A. Smith, he would be LeBron James 2.0. But LeBron always had a jumper. People lie on him because LeBron was hitting mid-range jumpers back in Cleveland. Ben Simmons 
does not have a jumper, and that is what's eluding him. And I personally agree with everybody saying this, that if Ben Simmons had a jumper, the 76ers would have won the championship already. Probably they would have beat the Raptors, they would have beat the Bucks, and they would have won in 2019 because Ben Simmons is averaging like 14, 16 points a game. All he has to do, he doesn't even have to hit his three-pointers. Just hit your free throws. Play the same game you do. You go to the line a lot, hit your free throws. He'd be a 22, 23 points per game scorer right next to Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. You're not stopping that. Now, between all this mess and everything that's been going on with him, of course, there have been rumors of where to send him. Mostly, they were thinking Texas. A little bit about the Heat. I'm not really sure about that. And some other teams. If he was to go anywhere, where would you like him to go? Where do you think his best option is? You, you want me to be honest? Yeah. I don't know. I, I really don't. Because if you're getting Ben Simmons without a jumper, I don't know if the West is the best for him. Because the, all they're going to do is play off of him. Because people say, oh, Draymond Green, Draymond Green. Draymond Green will occasionally shoot a three-pointer, and Draymond Green was a really nice offensive player back in the day. And yeah. Draymond Green is standing next to two of the greatest shooters of all time, plus you bring in Otto Porter, who's a very adept three-point shooter. So Draymond Green's going to be perfectly fine. And then Draymond Green, if he lines it up and he's on that day, he's going to make it. Ben Simmons doesn't shoot three-pointers. He, he like, Draymond Green has a history of at the very least shooting three-pointers. Ben Simmons doesn't do it. So Ben Simmons on the offensive end, especially in the fourth quarter, is a liability. He's a complete liability unless you play him close to, to the basket and you put him in the paint. But he's, because they say he's six foot ten. He, he's around that range, but he doesn't really have a power forward body. You know, so it's like he could get pushed around, I believe. He can get pushed around. I think that those rebounds with, with, the, with the big guys, like the Anthony Davises of the world, the Jokic, like I just don't think that going to the West is going to be the best bet for him. Although I think that he probably goes to a West team that's contending. I honestly think, I heard the Pacers. I think the Pacers are interesting. I don't yeah. think they would do anything, but I think the Pacers are interesting. I heard the Hawks. I think that would be so poetic. That would be so Kevin Durant. Of Ben Simmons, like oh, I lost <laughs> to the Hawks. Let me go. Let me go join Trey Young. That'd be interesting, but that would mean to me, got to give up. You, I think you got to give up John Collins, and I don't want to give up John Collins for someone that can't shoot. How you gonna give up someone that can shoot? Someone that can't shoot. You know what I'm saying? John Collins can shoot. He can shoot. He's a forward about Ben Simmons' size and frame that can shoot and stretch the floor next to Trey Young. So I honestly don't know. I've heard. I've heard. An interesting situation with the Hawks. I have heard the Heat. I think that with the Heat, I don't know. I really don't because he would have to play the forward for that. Plus, they have Kyle Lowry. I don't know how that would work. But I think Ben Simmons at this point, he has to be a true point forward and really, for real, move over to that fourth spot and let a pure point guard and a traditional point guard that's under six foot ten bring the ball up court and then on fast breaks he pushes it like Draymond. I think that if a team can do that and work Ben Simmons into that scheme, that'll be the best team. But honestly, I don't know. Ben Simmons is kind of just a, a lot of drama between you and me. I just feel like this was just, uh, it was a lot. But that's not the only thing that's going on. The NBA, just like the NFL, has included more vaccine regulations and some new rules. We were just talking about this the other day. They are implementing rules where a player can be fouled while shooting. So, you know, usually while they're shooting and they're trying to foul them, they'll usually touch their wrists or they'll try to, like, block them. And they could draw the foul as an active shooter. 
But now they're starting to think, um, you know, maybe why not? Maybe not call that foul. Or maybe it would be an offensive foul if they did try to do that. What do you think about this and the new rules that the committee is trying to put in? Yeah, so I think you're talking about the perfect example of it is what Steph Curry tried to do on last night. Yeah. When I think he sort of tried to test it out. And that's what people were saying. I really think he did too, because it's a it's a preseason game. Like Steph ain't really trying to trying to get nobody in foul trouble in the preseason. <laughs> like so, like Trey Young does it a lot. James Harden is the best at it. Well, like, you'll up fake and then the person will go forward and then you exaggerate the motion or hook their arm and then shoot. That's not they're not going for that anymore because that's foul, that's foul merching. And honestly, it does ruin the game. And it's very strategic and it's almost an art form with Trey and Luca and Steph can do it. Dwayne Wade used to do it back in the day. So I think it's good. They didn't call an offensive foul on Steph when he did it against the Blazers last night, but I do think it's good. I think that it's going to make the games more interesting, and I think it's going to speed up the game because that's been the objective of the NBA over these past few years. They want to speed up the game. They want to make it quicker. They don't want to bog you down with a bunch of replays and free throws. That's been the whole point of the game, even making it when you when you shoot the ball and get the offensive rebound. Instead of getting a new 24, it's like 14 seconds. You know what I'm saying? So they're trying to, to speed up the game. So I think this is an example of speeding up the game, but it also is stopping the ticky-tack fouls. Because you have folks like like Dwight Howard. Let's say Dwight Howard gets a switch on Steph Curry, and Steph starts dancing with him and crossing up, crossing him up, and then Dwight go, goes for the pump fake, and he leans into him and tries to shoot. Dwight Howard could get his first foul that could lead to him getting ejected or, or get sitting down like how he did on Sunday. So I like the rule change. Because it forces you to get it another way. Get it by actually scoring. If Dwight gets switched on you, drive around him. Anthony Davis gets switched on you, figure out a way to get past him because Daphne Davis is a good forward. You know, someone of that ilk, a bigger guy, or even another guard. Like, don't just try to do a bunch of up fakes. Drive in, shoot over him. Because I think it's going to make the game way cleaner. No, I'm going to have to agree with you. I like this. I like that it's about to get more fast-paced. I like that they have more control. I like that it's going to show a little bit more skills between all the teams and how they're going to do with these rules. But that's just the pros of that. We got some cons, basically on the vaccination part on the NBA. It's been wild between Draymond Green and his comments and LeBron James and still not having a vaccination out of one player particularly, how are you feeling about this situation right now? Because now players are experiencing pay cuts. So if you don't play in this game, they're not going to pay you or they're just going to take away some of your salary because obviously you're not willing to put yourself like behind somebody and actually try to protect them. But you're still like, oh, I don't want to get it because blah, blah, blah. So what, what, are you, what are your thoughts? What are you feeling on this? I think that they just need to get vaccinated. Um, it's... It's so crazy talking about COVID and the vaccine because, it, like, everybody says it's politicized, and it is, but I just think that we're allowing social media to have a negative effect on, on something that has been meant to help us. Did I have a little bit of skepticism around the vaccine? I did. I'm not going to lie like I did. And if you remember HBC Pulse, if y'all remember, back in, I think, December, I interviewed my classmate you know, Chelsea Walton, she's a nurse. and She was one of the first people to get the Moderna vaccine. And we put it up on Pulse as an exclusive. People shared it and liked it. She gave her experience on it. You know, so I was skeptical. And even after the interview, I was skeptical. But I did. I did actual research for real. I did actual research. I listened to Dr. Fauci. I listened to what President Biden was saying. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on and take it. And 
I'm not dead. I don't have a third head. I don't, I'm, I don't got Bell's palsy. Like, I, I mean, people, all the stuff people were saying, it didn't happen, you know? And I feel protected, you know? And I just think that people are allowing their fears to get the best of them. And that's understandable because I understand how the Tuskegee experiment hurt our trust of the government when it comes to vaccinations. I totally understand that. And I almost consider it like the boy who cried wolf. So y'all were messing with us back then. So now we remember that that's in our history. So now we don't trust y'all. And now when we really need to get vaccinated, now we're not trying to get vaccinated because we remember how things were. And then all the stuff that Trump did last year. But when it comes to Kyrie Irving and Wiggins got vaccinated, but he had some comments. He was like, oh, I guess I don't control my body. No, you do control your body. But also you live within the fact that you're a grown man and the consequences of your actions, like you have to deal with it. Like if you go and rob a bank and you get caught, you get a consequence, especially as a black man. So that's something that's extreme because it's cause and effect. If you don't get vaccinated, you can not get vaccinated, but you're not going to play all your games and you're going to take a pay cut. But you can not get vaccinated. It's like, well, they're trying to force them. No, we're not trying to force you to do anything. We're just saying there's a consequence for your actions because there's a vaccine for a deadly disease that affected, like, cat. It affected Carlton Towns. His mother is gone because of COVID. Like, it's a real thing. It affected Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has to literally have an inhaler on the sideline as he's playing the game. He's in his 20s. He's super athletic. He just got drafted what a few years ago. And he has to get an inhaler to breathe because he had COVID. Like, it, it is, it's insane to me. And Jonathan Isaac, don't get me started on Jonathan Isaac, because I think just Kyrie Irving is just a conspiracy theorist. I think he'll get the vaccine. Wiggins got it. Draymond Green... I just Draymond Green wants to be Charles Barkley so bad. I love my brother, but no, be quiet. And LeBron, goat, I need you to, I need you just to sit down, sit this one out, bro. Okay, Jonathan Isaac, I think that he's like trapped in the sunken place because he wasn't making no sense. I saw the Trump rallies, and I'm not gonna get the vaccine. Jonathan Isaac, bro, you ain't even that tough, bro. You ain't even that tough. Like you're a glorified bench warmer. Okay, like, I don't care if you get the va- don't get the vaccine. You wasn't gonna play in San Francisco, no way. I wasn't gonna play you. You like, the work. The coach wasn't gonna play you, no way. Co Anthony don't need you. Like some of these folks just aren't making sense at all. And I understand, like, oh, I don't like the minutes, but the reason why it's a mandate because y'all had time to get research. Y'all get all the research. Y'all, I can't talk to Doctor Dr. Fauci. Doctor Fauci don't know me. Okay, but, but but LeBron James can call up. Hey, can I talk to Dr. Fauci? Nicki Minaj and her cousin friend, Swollen Testicles, they had like, hey, you can talk to one of our experts. Like, y'all can do that as celebrities, but y'all not calling on it. That's all I'm saying. Like, y'all can get this research. It is frustrating that they're operating a bit in privilege because we can't do that. We can't just call up Dr. Fauci or call up the White House and say, hey, can I get this, can I get this information? They have the privilege of, oh, I'm not going to do this and that. But it's folks that, that actually really got to get the vaccine and they really going to take a hit. So they're really like, oh, we don't control our body. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And guess what? You got millions of dollars. But some of these folks that are actually hesitant that are saying, look at what Andrew Wiggins said. Look at what Draymond Green said. They're going to end up really getting fired or really suffering the consequences because you're putting all of this out in the world. So it's very frustrating. I mean, I just see it as like everything is so shady when it just comes to us as America because like no pun intended. Um, But it's just like 
it's an impediment just a little bit on your free will. And I can see both sides of the argument. I understand that your body is your body. Whether you want to get it or not, that is basically on you. You are having a choice. But at the same time, if you don't get it, I can't pay you. There are some restrictions that you're going to have. There is a mandate out. And it's just like, okay, well, if I have the desire and I have the privilege of free will and I can't use it, then what is the point? But at the same time, you look at it as like, it is a pandemic. You have have players that have been affected and have lost people from it. You do have players that still want to continue playing. But it's just, it's kind of, it's crazy, but at the same time, it's like, you have to do it. It's no longer a conversation of, well, I don't like this, I don't like that. It's going to be, are you going to do it or not? Because if you don't do it, that's just, it's at this point, what are you willing to risk for your career? Obviously, if basketball is not that important to you, if it's, not something that you really see yourself doing for and this is something that you really stand by then go ahead hit a call your Kaepernick and stand by it but if you're not going to do it for real then I need you to go ahead and get vaccinated because I remember you talking to me and I remember you saying this it is about the workers and the people that have to clean after you and the people that you're playing with and the people that you're touching the ball like at this point gotta be like some of the celebrities here I can't see you unless you're vaccinated I can't be around you unless you're vaccinated because I don't have the same views and I'm not willing to put my life in danger for you and at the, it's sad and I'm sorry that you feel that way but it's just like this is just such a tough situation because I understand people's fears and I understand when you do your research but at the end of the day it's on you and if you choose free will over your income then I don't know what to tell you and I want to say this one last thing I want to reiterate this because I talked about Jason Tatum, but Carl Anthony Towns lost his mother to COVID. And then on top of that, an article came out that he pinned. Where he talked about how he lost 50 pounds when he got the virus. And then he had anxiety one time. He was on the bench and he had to literally leave because he was having an anxiety attack because of the because of the COVID. And this is an athletic basketball player because, oh, if you if you work out, you know, you're less likely to get sick. Carthony Towns is a basketball player that he's not LeBron when it comes to his health, but he's pretty healthy and he's been pretty durable throughout his career and it affected him. I just want us in general as a nation and as a world to get past this, but I j- I'm losing confidence that we will, to be 100% honest with you. I'm losing confidence because we have the vaccines. I know I'm vaccinated and people are, are vaccinated, but because of like misinformation and people trying to shift things in their favor for political gain, I don't know how we get out of this, honestly. Now, just to follow up on that question, they are, they did implement another mandate of people over 65 and older in some states to be, get a third shot as well. But since you don't really see this and I'm going to have to agree with you, I feel like we're going to be living with COVID for a long time. How do you think COVID and the regulations that are soon to come are going to affect seasons and the NBA and any sport to come? Because it's not going away any soon. We were supposed to be living our best lives, and right now we're back to a mass mandate. So I think that it's going to affect it horribly. Um, I think that now that's going to be a factor in who wins. So if it's the Lakers and it's the Nets, all right? So now, okay, so first we're like, hey, you got – Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant versus Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Carmelo Anthony, all the different players. But now it's like, can can Kyrie play? You know, can so-and-so play if they're not vaccinated? Like, can so-and-so play if it's requirement to get the booster? Will LeBron want to get the booster? You know, like, now, because that's the question. Are you trying to get shot again, LeBron? Are you trying to get shot again, so-and-so? 
So now that's going to literally affect the outcomes of games, especially in basketball, because Kyrie Irving puts up about 25, 26 points, and he was 50, 40, 90, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. If you don't have that guy out on the court, that's going to affect you. Ask Kevin Durant game seven on Juneteenth against the Bucs. Ask him. Because it affected him because James Harden scored eight points. And then you have Kyrie that's not there. So that's gonna it's gonna play a big effect if it's not mitigated, you know? And I just think people just need to get with it at this point. It ain't it ain't Nazi Germany like people are trying to say. No one's forcing you. It's a deadly disease that we're trying to get handled. I just don't understand why people are not understanding that. And, you know, we kind of saw it, you know, speaking of the vaccine and new rules, we kind of saw it yesterday during preseason, what teams are actually looking like with their players that are vaccinated with their new players and some returning players, the Warriors kind of experiencing what it feels like to kind of have everybody back now. But if you did catch some of the games, how are the teams looking so far, Randall? Because yesterday I got a good piece. I'm not going to say everybody knows I'm not a big basketball fan, but this year, I'm, I'm excited for the competition. I'm excited for the new things that are about to happen. But how are you feeling? Well, for a lot of these teams, you weren't able to really see them at full form except for really the Warriors and the Trailblazers because that was like a regular season game for a second. Like, Dame was out there hitting them shots. Steph was out there hitting shots. They broke a record for 69 threes. Like, so the Warriors and the Blazers, the Warriors, I think, are going to make the playoffs for sure. I think that they don't, they're not going to be in the play-in. So I believe that I saw a lot from the Warriors. I saw a lot from the Trailblazers. Um, Magic Celtics was, was actually a great game. I'm very encouraged with the Magic. I think that um, Cole Anthony is going to be a beast. He's going to be someone that's really going to change the tide. And and, and I think I think um, J- Jalen Suggs, he's going to be tough too. You know, he's going to be tough, and I think they're going to have a really dope backcourt. I really want to see Zion play a couple minutes in the preseason. Now, they won against the Timberwolves, and I was watching that game, and Brandon Ingram actually played, but Zion said he's done missing the playoffs. And I get it, and Zion has that type of talent. And, you know, it's his first two seasons, and he was injury-prone. He had to deal with a couple of crazy coaches. Uh, I know that Alvin Gentry, you know, I root for black coaches, but Alvin Gentry wasn't playing him the right way because they were so cautious with him, with him being the franchise player. But he has some ballers, man. Like, that team with Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, that should have been a playoff team. And even you had Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, that should have been a playoff team, to be 100% honest, that year. But they just never could put it together. And Zion had bursts of energy, but he never was able to put it into a scalable win streak or a season where they're able to go to the playoffs. I think the play-in is going to be what they're in. But I think Zion fights his way into the play-in. I think that the Pelicans look pretty good. I'm encouraged with the – they lost, but I'm encouraged with the Hornets. I honestly believe that LaMelo Ball is going to emerge in year two, and he's going to have some stuff to say. The Kings are going to be tough. I think Pelicans-Kings are going to be a future play-in matchup. And the Nuggets and the Clippers, oh, my God, that game upset me so much. I saw the end part of that because I was watching the football game, and I saw the end part of it. And that guy, I don't know who it was. I've not done my due diligence, but whoever that D-leaguer was that shot that last second shot, why? Why? I don't (laughs) care if it's preseason. Like, if it's the last second, 
play that like it's NBA Finals at this point. Like, bro, like I'm, I don't care, Nikola. I don't care, Nikola. Y'all just in street clothes. Tell him take him off, take him off, and just throw, throw him his stuff like <laughs> Superman. Like he Clark Kent, and just give him the ball and let him go to work. Cause I don't care. It was too close. I was like, bro, are you serious? So you tell me that it was it was three close games, low key. And y'all give them the ball to the D-League. I don't care. Don't give the Clippers no, don't give them no confidence. Because they're going to use that confidence and run with it. You see, we don't even need Kawhi and Paul George. We good without them. Man, that game made me so upset. So it was the first few games, so there's nothing really noteworthy. I fully can say just yet from what I saw. But I'm encouraged to see what's going to happen in the games to come. Now, big thing, um, I kind of got my days confused. October 19th is where the regular season will officially start. But what we kind of discussed off-air is that right quad contusion that Trey Young suffered during this preseason game. If he can't come back or try to at least come back in the middle of the season, if all possible, what do you think the Hawks' future is looking like to go for another playoff and maybe for another championship? Oh, um... I hope that Trey Young does come back. I'm um, soon. Hope he's just he just sits out the rest of the, of the preseason and he plays because that first game they're playing nationally is against Luca, and I personally believe me just me. I believe that that's going to be a future Finals matchup. I think, and I'm not the crazy Georgia guy, but I think that you give Trey Young another piece or the pieces around him grow and then Trey Young grows within his game, what I saw last year, I think that they can get to, to the finals one of those years and then Luka and them get to the finals. I honestly believe that because Kevin Durant and them are getting old. That crew's getting old. So I don't know how sustainable that, that they're going to be like moving into a couple years from now as the Hawks grow because they're still young. Luka's looking like a generational talent. So I, I think that that's a future finals matchup that we might not be able to see because he got injured. I think if Trey Young is out, they're going to be able to pull together and win some games just like they did in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucs. But ultimately, <laughs> Trey Young is the conductor of their offense, number one. And he's their leading scorer. If he's not out there on the court, someone has to supplement those points somehow. And I don't see anybody outside of John Collins getting close to supplementing those points. But a lot of the way that Trey Young scores is from deep three-pointers and also saucing folks off the dribble. And I don't see anybody on the Hawks squad that can do that. Now, I'm interested to see when Cam Reddish will finally come into form because Cam Reddish is a really nice player. And a lot of folks were, like, like scared when it was trade rumors about him around the draft, but the Hawks kept him. I want to see what Cam Reddish will become because I think if Cam Reddish develops into the player that we all think he'll be and gives us even a little bit of what he gave us game six against the Bucks. I think it's going to be a different ball game and the Hawks could really be a contender and they could even win some stuff without Trey Young. But presently, I think they start off rocky, then Trey Young comes back, they work into their groove, and if he's out for a prolonged period of time, they're fighting for the play-in because the Bulls look real nice and the Bulls are going to take someone out those first six spots because the Bulls look really nice and they're going to be a fringe playoff team. They're not going to be perfect, but they're going to be a French playoff team around the bottom half, maybe in the play-in, but they're going to be in there. So that means somebody got to get out. 
Now, just to circle back just a little bit about um, this generation is almost of the generation of Kevin Durant and everybody. What would you say uh, the NBA player lifespan is kind of a little slower, quicker than the NFL player lifespan? Or where, where, she, where are you going there? Tom Brady has made the outlier crazy because he's still playing in, <laughs> in, in his 40s. Like, And then also LeBron is a freak of nature, too, because LeBron, you know, and it's amazing, it's a blessing. He's been able to avoid a lot of very serious injuries that have played Kevin Durant has played Clay Thompson these past couple years. You know, a lot of, you know, star even star players have dealt with very serious injuries that kept them sidelined either for a season or the equivalent of that. Even look at Kawhi Leonard. Um, I think it's almost 50-50, but you can't knock the fact that folks are getting hit in the, in, in the NFL. They're getting hit. I just think that Tom Brady, his diet and his workout regimen worked out for him. LeBron James, the same thing, but it's also luck. It's luck that goes into it. You know, it's, it's, breast, it's blessings. It's being fortunate that you're not slipping on someone's shoe and tweaking your ankle. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's being fortunate that you don't go up for a dunk and you snap your leg like Nurkic or, Hay or, or Haywood, you know? Like, because that could happen. Like, LeBron go up for a dunk and that could happen. Knock on wood for that. You know what I'm saying? For that not happen. So, you know, I think that it's more so the same, but you, will, you could see players playing well into... They're late 30s, but with the demand of the basketball players, I will say this, that leans towards NFL. The like the players, they play both ends of the court. Yeah. So LeBron's playing offense and defense. So while Tom Brady just sits there as the defense slugs it out, and let's say he's playing a good offense, like they they get third down conversions every time and they they make their way down the field. Tom Brady might sit down for 20, 30 minutes. He comes back, he's refreshed. And then you got halftime next. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a different ball game with the basketball players. So they have a lot of miles on their legs and on, on their body when they retire. So I think it's about 50-50. No, I hear you, and I definitely agree with you. But I know it's a little early, but if you have any teams that you can give us and give me, because I got some picks too, who are the teams to watch this season? Um... And it's, it's hard because I want to see the COVID regulations and also where Ben Simmons ends up is going to be pivotal. Yeah. Because let's say he does go to the Warriors and they manage to somehow keep Draymond Green. Because I personally think that the Warriors, and I will just go back to the original question, the Warriors could do Steph, Clay, Ben, Draymond, Wiseman. People think that's not going to work because you have two non-shooting players but you have two of the best shooters of all time, like literally. And then your death lineup will be insane because you put out, like, I think you put Draymond at the big because Draymond has played bigs before. You have like, you know, Ben Simmons taking the ball up the court. Transition game would be crazy because Steph, you know, can run up on one side, Clay on another side, and then Ben going to find him with his passing ability. So wherever Ben goes, he's that type of player that on the defensive end, he's going to cause some problems. On the offensive end, outside of shooting, he's going to cause some problems. And maybe he does get a shot in whatever destination he goes to next. So it's hard to really make definitive picks. Of course, it's easy to say the Lakers and the Nets are going to make it. Of course, it's easy to say that. But I think you don't need to sleep on the Bucks again. I think them losing P.J. Tucker was a big loss. But they're tough. Like, I think that they're tough. The Heat are going to be a problem, too, because I think they got P.J. Tucker. They have Kyle Lowry. They still have Jimmy Butler. They're going to be a dope team, and Bam Adebayo is getting better. 
The Bulls are going to be on the come up in the East. The East Those are my top two picks. Yeah. Like, the Heat and the Bulls are looking nice. That offseason, they they did what they had to do. The East is going to be tough. Like They can't say the East is weak anymore. The East is going to be really tough. It's going to be a log jam at the bottom. I think that for the East, it's going to be the Nets, the Bucks. I think the 76ers still stay somewhere at the top. But outside of those three teams, I can't tell you who four through ten is. I can't. Because the Hawks, the Knicks, I think the Pacers are going to have something to say. The Hornets are going to be really interesting this year. Like I said, the Bulls are going to be coming up and emerging. The Heat are going to be crazy. And you don't know what other team might rise up that you won't even, you won't even expect it. Because who's to say the Magic won't just shock everyone? Who's to say that? Who's to say that, that the Magic won't end up in the play-in and knock off the Bulls or knock off some team that we thought? And then the Celtics, I think that Jason Tatum comes back true to form. Dennis Schroeder, I think he's where he needs to be. Like, you know, you got Jalen Brown. He's going to grow into a nice player. So you never really know. You honestly don't. So, of course, like I said, you can be easy and say Lakers and Nets. Of course, you can't count out the Clippers. I think Paul George is going to return to similar to what he was with the Pacers because he's going to be the main option and not Kawhi. I think the Mavericks, like Luka, is going to turn up and get better. I think Luka is going to have his LeBron year where he tries to claim the MVP. I think Luka's coming. Um, in the West, it's just hard because I want to see the Warriors. Like the Warriors, if they get true to form, if they, if they may pull off a Ben Simmons or maybe a Bradley Beal or like a really good forward that can can play make and give like a Kevin Durant type of vibe, but Kevin Durant's a generational player, but someone that you can't just – throw everybody at stuff no more. Like, you can't just throw everybody at Clayton. You can't just switch picks because now you got, got someone else that can take you off the dribble and shoot just like they can. Like, the Warriors could be somebody that that's scary. The Suns, sadly, they were my league pass team. But I don't know if the Suns are going to make it as far as they did last year. I'm not one of the ones that says injuries, injuries, injuries. I'm not one of the ones that's saying that. But... I believe that they're going to be a second-round exit, and I, I'm really monitoring what happens these next couple weeks with mm-hmm. DeAndre Aiden. Mm-hmm. Aiden is trying to get a rookie extension, the same extension that Michael Porter Jr., Trey Young, and Luka got. But what he has to understand, outside of Michael Porter Jr., which TMZ said he's one of the NBA's biggest stars, you a lot. That's how I know you don't watch basketball like TMZ with the world. Whoever wrote that. But DeAndre Aiden... I feel you. He's tough. He's like that traditional big man getting rebounds and making it happen. But listen, you ain't Trey Young. You ain't Luka. You was the first round pick, my brother. You was first pick in the draft that year. And I defended. I think he's a nice player. And he made it to the finals before they did. But you're not a max contract player. And I, 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 want, I want that black man to get paid. But I look at it from both sides, Aria. I look back from both sides. And I appreciate that. From, I do. From, from, the, from the player, because I want that black man to get paid. But I'm an executive. I run my own business. So I look at it like, okay, you do good stuff, but Trey Young is a franchise player. You know? Like, Luka is a franchise player. If Trey is down for the season, the Hawks might not make the playoffs. If Luka is down for the season, the Mavericks might not make the playoffs. If Aiden is down, we can sign us a big man and just roll with it. We can make a trade, and then they might not do exactly what Aiden's doing on the pick and roll and and the defense and with defense, but 
they're going to be able to get rebounds, just pass it to Booker and pass it to Bridges and pass it to Paul. And Chris Paul's going to make it work like he's done with big men before, like like Tyson Chandler, like Capella, like DeAndre Jordan. So Aiden is, le- is less needed than those other max players. I can even make an argument that Michael Porter Jr., especially if Murray's going to be still out to start of the season, Michael Porter Jr. is pretty needed, you know, especially as a scoring option with, like, people collapse on, 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 on Jokic. Like, Porter can come off the dribble. He can, he's a pure scorer. He can come up with some good shots. So even Porter's sort of needed. Aiden, I want him to get some money, but Max Deal, I don't know. And that might affect the chemistry on the court, especially with Chris Paul at the age of, like, 36, getting the Max Deal. You never know. So I, it's hard to tell right now. So I, I would need just to assess the preseason and maybe come back before the season actually starts. No, I completely agree with you. And on this side of the sports spectrum, I'm so glad that we're not dealing with new coaches. But basically what the team is actually made out of, do they have the players and do you have the skill and the work to actually make it to where you want to go to? So on this side, I'm happy that it's basketball season that we're about to get into regular season because we don't have to deal with all the troubles that we'll be dealing on the other side in the NFL because it's been so much with them. But I do get what you're saying. I completely agree with you. But all right, Ariel, so listen, it's NBA season. The preseason is on right now. So you already know, I got to go check that out. So where can we find you on social media? You can definitely find me on Instagram at ari.elee, or you can catch me on my own podcast, The Unaxed Opinion, where I give my opinion that no one asked for, but I'm going to give it anyway. And you already know you can find me, Pulse Radio 100, on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, and Pulse Radio on YouTube. And I need you all to make sure to tap in with our Twitter, with our TikTok, and text family to 478 because Instagram and Facebook got shut down on yesterday, and it scared me, man. As a businessman, as someone that's making a living off of these pages, I want to make sure that we always have access to our supporters, to people that believe that are rocking with what we're rocking with, and people that even disagree, but they you know, understand that we're trying to start a conversation, all right? So make sure to tap in, text family to 478 And as always, we'll see you on the other side.